Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 38. It's the author of the book Contact Sport, J.K. George, N3BB, recorded live on Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we'll be joined by noted author J.K. Jim George, N3BB, to talk about his latest book entitled Contact Sport. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, was here to talk about his company, Flex Radios. So if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or you can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or YouTube. So get your questions ready to go for Jim. After the introduction, you can call us on Skype. That username is HamTalkLive, or you can call us by telephone. The number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. You can also tweet your questions to us. Our Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive, and uh, you can also post a comment on the website. We'll take a look at those and be back with N3BB right after this word from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the Ham Station. For over 37 years, the Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and Amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. 
Ham Talk Live, now with 30% less calories and no trans fat. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The ham station has you covered for both new and used equipment. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com and tell them you heard it right here on Ham Talk Live. We're on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, the archive is always there on the website or you can download it from most of those popular podcasting websites. J.K. Jim George, N3BB, has been an avid amateur radio enthusiast with a special love for Morse code and radio sporting since his teenage years over 50 years ago. He started his hobby listening to shortwave broadcasts and long-distance AM radio stations. He is a graduate of Virginia Tech, where he was president of the VT Amateur Radio Club and was inducted into the Virginia Tech Academy of Engineering after serving as chair of the advisory boards for both electrical and computer engineering, as well as the College of Engineering. He is an avid Virginia Tech sports fan and has completed grad school at Arizona State University, specializing in semiconductor materials physics. Jim's professional career was primarily at Motorola, where he worked in the semiconductor business for nearly 40 years and served as corporate vice president for nearly 15 years. Following his retirement, he was a founding member of the advisory board for KUTFM, the public radio station of the University of Texas at Austin. George enjoys reading and writing, and he and his wife live in the Hill County west of Austin and have three grown children and five grandchildren. His first book was entitled Reunion, a novel about a difficult relationship between a father and son, as well as a lifelong friendships with a unique high school peer group. And his latest book, Contact Sport, tells the story of the 2014 World Radio Team Championships. And let me also add that Jim spent part of his youth growing up down in eastern Kentucky around uh, Paintsville, uh, Kentucky, which is the home of former University of Kentucky basketball star and current Alabama assistant coach John Pelfrey. And so anybody that knows me knows I'm a UK fan, so I had to throw that in there. Jim, welcome to Amtalk Live. (laughs) Hello, Neil, and obviously you're a member of Big Blue Nation, and uh I guess I have to confess here that obviously if you grew up in uh, eastern Kentucky, southwestern Virginia, and southern West Virginia, note those geographic adjectives are really important, you are clearly a child of Appalachia. So I confess I am. <laughs> yep, yep, very good. So so do you know John Pelfrey? Did, did you, no, no, did you know was who he kid, was? You know, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I know the name, okay. but actually to show you how old I am, the big sports hero for uh, for UK at the time that I was a kid in Paintsville was Babe Perilli of the uh, football team. Ah, okay. Well, very good. So you, you've got that whole whole UK history going there. So, And, and everybody <laughs> always wants to know, how in the world did a UK fan end up in Bloomington, Indiana? There you go. Uh, yeah. You know, gr- uh, 
lifelong Hoosier, mm-hmm. but I, I grew up watching the wrong TV channel, I guess, <laughs> and uh, got started on UK basketball very, very early on, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a fish out of water in Bloomington, Indiana, but anyway, well, let's, let's get into uh, the book here, Contact Sport. Uh, tell us a little bit about that book and the storyline and what inspired you uh, to write it. Well, first of all, thanks very much for having me on Ham Talk Live. And uh, also, I don't know if people know about you, but you're such an effective and inspirational high school teacher. You know, you teach AP, you're an outstanding, you're sort of like Mr. Perfect in terms of high school teaching, and I admire that so much. And and I want to say hello to hopefully a number of my friends, uh, family, high school buddies from long ago, plus people I know from ham radio and scattered over the U.S. and probably other countries. So hello out there in Internet land. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, but to, to, to address your question, the, the book uh, came up as somewhat of a surprise to me. Uh, I have competed in the WRTC. I was a competitor in, in 2000 in Slovenia, and I was a referee two years later in 2002 in Helsinki, Finland. So I'm, and I love, it's, it's one of my favorite radio sporting events other than the uh, Morse code sprint. But the, the idea for this came in a phone call or an email from Doug Grant. Doug is a uh, K1DG and I've known him for years through the, we competed in the semiconductor industry but Doug had read my first book, which was, you know, as you mentioned, Reunion, a, a somewhat autobiographical novel. But uh, that book came out in December of 2011, and Doug had read it. He liked it. He felt I could write. And he was looking for somebody to write a book about the WRTC, which is the World Radio Sport Team Championship, that he was hosting and chairing in 2014 up uh, near Boston in New England. And uh, to be perfectly candid, I was not Doug's first choice. He had uh, lined up a very well-known professional writer and journalist named Mark Obmasik, uh, O-B-M-A-S-C-I-K. And Mark lives in Denver, and he had written a number of popular books. The the best known, I guess, is uh, the book about really obsessive, competitive, wacko, wonderful bird watching called The Big Year. Of course, that went on to be a movie with Steve Black and uh, Owen Wilson and uh, Steve Martin. But uh, And he had agreed to write the book, and uh, but he uh, Masik was pulled off the project somewhat at the last minute by his publisher in Colorado to write a book about the legalization of marijuana out there. And uh, so he left... He left Doug uh, high and dry, so to speak. And uh, just as a personal note, uh, Marco Mosick did end up contacting me. He did ask that I send him a copy of the uh, manuscript of the book, and he read it and liked it and wrote wrote a wonderful review that's on the front cover of of Contact Sport. But I only had one month to decide uh, whether I could do this to get back to Doug Grant. I told him I would. I feel I can do it. I love the contest. I have the background, but I'm 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 going to have to get a publisher to support this work. I want it in all the retail stores. I want it available worldwide, and I pitched it. And luckily, uh, I I got a contact through a local publisher here 
in Austin called Greenleaf Book Group. They're very good. And uh, they were wonderful. And so, you know, that all fell together and boom, I was uh, I was ready to commit to Doug about the, the project. Well, you know, that explains a little bit about some of Doug's comparisons of contesting to bird watching. So that that actually ties together a few things there. So, yeah, he's uh, he's familiar yeah. with certainly the the big year and 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 had you know contacted uh, Mark Musick and so Doug is quite a quite a mover and shaker. And I will say that the World Radio Sport Team Championship would a not have happened and b wouldn't have happened so extremely well under his uh, stern but fair leadership. <laughs> Very good. Well. Uh, let's, uh, let's go into that, uh, a little bit, the, uh, WRTC championships, uh, you traveled to, uh, Boston to, uh, start doing your, your interviews and, and writing, um, and recording everything and trying to put all this together. Um, tell us about how you did that. How did you go about getting, uh, everything, um, observed and recorded and, how you turned that into a, a story in line for a book that um, is for both experienced contesters and non-hams. I'm glad you mentioned that, Neil, because uh, writing, there are a lot of hams in the world. There are 2 million amateur radio operators worldwide, and about a third of those, or about 700,000, are in this country. So, you know, it seemed like to me, hey, it's a potentially big audience inside the hobby, but I I would not have done it only for the ham radio uh, uh, audience, uh, the ham radio market. It, it's really important to me that I wrote this for the broad audience, people that have never even heard of ham radio. And uh, so when, when the thing, when the project got a green light all across the board, I booked a flight literally a week before the event. Uh, Doug had gotten me a room into the hotel, which was clearly sold out, and he somehow magically made a room available for me to book. I got an all-access pass from Doug, and simply I went down to the local Staples office store and bought a great big 300-page black notebook and a couple of uh, a handful of ballpoint pens, and I just sh- I just showed up and. I wasn't quite sure to how to be a journalist. You know, my training is in engineering and science. And so I simply started walking around talking to people and, uh, you know, tell me about yourself and what do you do? And and uh, I thought, oh, this is cool. I noticed they were looking for people to be volunteer drivers for the team just because most of the teams, probably three quarters of them were from outside the U.S. There were people from 40 different countries and so I volunteered to be a team driver. Uh, I ended up with a team that I had met or never met, but I had contacted over the air, especially one, Stefan von Baltz, whose call is DL1IAO. I started talking to Stefan on Morse code when he was a teenager, and now he's a, a, an ophthalmologist in Europe. Actually, he's moving from Germany to uh, Sweden to uh, take up a new life there. So, you know, how in the world do you cover an international event with 59 teams of two people and 59 single referees? And uh, what do you do? So, you know, I just uh, I read up on it a bit. And the first thing I realized is even though I did have content knowledge of this and I loved it, 
you can't focus on everyone. You can't include everyone equally. So I, I knew for sure that I would, I would cover between, you know, five and 10 teams, although all the teams are mentioned at the end, all the results for every one of these events going back to, I think 1996 or earlier, they're all in the book in an appendix, but so anyhow, I, I, I knew I knew that I would focus. I knew the te- the story would cover the winning teams, the top one or two or three. I, I you, you knew that by definition. But then I decided, well, there would be some over the top people, some well known people. Uh, and in in addition, since for the first time we had a women's team that happened to be two women from Germany that had fully qualified with 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 no reservations, I wanted to cover them. You know, a I thought they would be interesting, and b. Uh, Frankly, I wanted to reach out to the women readers who may not be hams. And there were some really over-the-top personalities. You know, there was George DeMontron, the very well-known civic leader from Houston who owns a bunch of car dealerships and RV centers. And Scott Redd, who's a retired admiral in the Navy, who was the first director of the United States Counterterrorism Center, you know, a huge name. And a fellow named Tom Georgians, who was a CEO of a big data networking company in California and a fellow from Europe called Tano Vak, who's an Estonian guy, very strong personality who, you know, has a big track record. And there were the defending champions from Russia who won the one in Moscow. So, you know, I ended up with a good mix of, of interesting people and also people from a meritocracy point of view that finished really, really well. And then I found, I guess, which is not too surprising, but I didn't think about it at the time, I, since I was more or less embedded with the team as the driver and on their site, not all the time, but almost all the time, you know, I got really close to this team. I saw the setup. I, I saw them working. I, I had my meals out there. I drove them to and from. And, uh, and so anyhow, you know, you just sort of get into it that way and then things start to happen. And uh, uh, it really, it really worked out fabulously well. Sounds like a a great experience uh, where you can take some time to get to know these people and, and uh, really, really dig into it. So that, that sounds great. Um, One of the comments uh, that's on the uh, Amazon store, uh, had this quote, um, with the turn of each page, I found myself becoming increasingly engrossed in not only the details of the story, but also the intense suspense that made it extremely hard to put the book down. So tell us, how can we get a hold of a copy of this book uh, so that we can't put it down either? And and uh, <laughs> and also talk about your upcoming uh, Audible uh, book release coming. Well, thank you. Great, great, great setup questions. And uh, I, I, I stumbled into a number of things that made the book absolutely, I think, fascinating. Uh, first of all, roughly a third of the book has nothing to do with radio sporting, with ham radio, or with anything to do with this technical event. Uh, they were they, they, the book has to do since I was writing it for. A broader audience, there were a lot of things in it that were not controversial or dramatic. You know, it it has a ham widow's ball for the for the people who were there who were not competing. It has background. It, but then I got I got lost. Here I am, a U.S. driver, and I 
I was completely lost and really put my team into in, into danger. There's a big chapter which many people feel is the best chapter in the book called A Bad Trip. And it's not about drugs. It's about an incompetent guy from Texas getting lost in the woods of <laughs> Massachusetts. Uh, it was a very, very isolated site. But but I also lucked into the tightest and most controversial of these World Radio Sport Team Championships of, of any to date. Um, the judges really focus on the top three medals. Uh, all teams are ranked, but number one wins a gold. It's like the Olympics. Number two wins the silver, and number three wins the bronze. And those are the three teams that come up on the podium, get their medallions, get their pictures taken, and they're really the ones in the photographs. And that's where you want to be, of course. Now, in this one, the number one and two teams, the first one were two Americans uh, from California and, and uh, Alaska via Idaho. The number two teams were two fellows from Slovakia. And they pretty well had a lock on number one and number two. Their scores were really far enough ahead that sort of just a meteor hitting the computer scoring everything. They were They were a lock. But number three, four, five, and six were so close together that, you know, you, you take all the results and grind them into a gigantic database and you eliminate the errors and bad contacts and this and that. And so the whole controversy was about who was going to get the bronze. And uh, as it turns out, the number three team, as report as the scores were reported, were a USA team who had a pretty comfortable, reasonably comfortable lead. The number four team was actually a, a one fellow from the U.S. and one guy from Canada up in Ontario. The number five team was the German team that I drove incompetently, uh, quote unquote, my team, because you get to feel that way when you're embedded. And the number six team were, were a Lithuanian duo that had done this amazing recovery from having one of their computers totally break at one point, I think they were dead last or maybe next to last, and they came back with a really amazing recovery, and they ended up number six, and, and they, they were in the mix. And the, the, the drama about the book is, what? how did they sort out three, four, five, and six? And essentially, without giving the entire story away, the whole thing came down to number three team and number five team, the USA team and the German men's team which I had driven and I had been at their site. And it came down to every time they ran the computer run of another batch of, of, of log, the electronic logbooks came in from all over the world. I think they ended up with over 3000. And, and so every time they would run another 50 or a hundred after the first big slug of these, frankly, the places would change. Uh, number three would go to number four or number five would come to number three and they bounced around. Finally, it came down to, Number the USA three, the USA team and the German team. Every team, every time they ran it, there was a they would flip, they would flop. They did not know who won this contest when the judges went to bed late Sunday night around midnight. And remember, they were going to award the prizes at a big banquet on on Monday night, uh, roughly at eight o'clock local time. In fact, when they woke up Monday morning and and the uh, Doug Grant and the other the other chief judges all met with these two fellows, uh, a guy named Tree Tyrell from uh, 
the Portland area and a fellow named Trey Garlow from the uh, the Bay Area. He lives in uh, near Santa Cruz, California. They were the uh, super data maven wizard guys who know how to do this. And they finally on Sunday morning, uh, Doug Grant said, who won it? And they said, we don't know. And so Grant ordered two little stick-on bronze scripts to go on the one and only big, handsome oak plaque. And uh, roughly, I guess, at about at about 11 or 12 or noon on Sunday, Grant said, well, we have to make a decision here because we're not going to have a tie, although some of the judges were, were prepared to award a tie. And it came down to rightly or wrongly, rightly or wrongly, it came down to one contact because the contact was with a different country, which is called a multiplier, and the different country would 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 sway it uh, uh, more than simply a couple of new contacts plus or minus. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it, but the different country, which happened to be a Greek island, a small tiny Greek ab- island with with something like 600 people that lived on it within. 10 miles of the Turkish mainland. It was part of the uh, Greek Dodecanese island chain. Rhodes is the largest island. It came down to a single contact with an elderly British gentleman who was vacationing there with a really simple little teeny ham radio set. And he had only gotten on and had made four contacts, believe it or not. He really wasn't in the contest. He got up and probably had a cup of tea and heard of a couple of people. <laughs> and it, it so it came down to that. Oh was, was it was it going to be valid or was it not? And uh, I will simply say that it was an agonizing decision. Uh, it went one way and not the other, and that's the way the book turned out. And so I was pleased to I was pleased to have the beneficiary of that. Um, and very briefly, I know we're probably running a bit long on time, but to answer your question about the Audible book, Contact Sports available basically every way you can do it. There's a print, there's a hardcover print copy uh, on retail and Amazon, Barnes and Noble. There's a paperback version everywhere, and there is an ebook uh, download on every ebook, Kindles, Nooks, iTunes, Google ebooks. Every they're all available in those three: hardcover, softcover, and ebook. But I felt we needed to have an audible uh, version. And my son happens to run and own a small recording studio here in town. And, you know, he does mainly singer-songwriter people, uh, Austin people with a, with a low budget. And so I decided to hire my son. I'm, my, I'm myself the reader. I, I, I can read it. I know I, I probably not a, I'm not a professional, but I, I understand the subject matter. I've got one more session with my son to, to finish my portion. And then it's going to take him four to six weeks to do all the eliminate the breaths and the, and the silences and the coughs and all the stuff to mix and master it. It then gets uploaded to a, to a, a an organization called, uh, I'm going to do this from memory, Audible Creation Exchange. I think that I think it's ACX Audio Creation Exchange. Anyhow, that's close, if not exact. And then they basically host it and then you can download it from audible.com and from any other any other ebook source i'm sorry audible book source and it should be out hopefully by about the end of the year so you know maybe somebody can order it as a christmas present uh, or something but and at that point i'm i'm going to i'm going to say this deed is done i do promote it i go to ham fests i go to book clubs that uh, 
that read my books, either of them, and I appear in person if anybody is interested, if they're reasonably close. And uh, then, they, then there's going to be a number three book started in the first of, of next year. Oh, very good. Well, sounds like uh, you've got it available in all the different formats, so uh, should be easy to get a hold of. And we do need to uh, take a break here, but we'll be back, and we're going to take your calls uh, for Jim George right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hand Sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh, baby. You put a 5-9 in my logbook. Now enjoy more Ham Talk Live. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They're going to be in Lawrenceburg, Georgia on Saturday and Sunday, and then they'll be at the Fort Wayne, Indiana Ham Fest on November 12th and the 13th. Call 920-435-2973 if you can't make it to one of those, or visit them online at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. Be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. And check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. We have uh, some stuff up there that we post uh, between shows, so just search for Ham Talk Live. Well, it is time for your calls now. So if you have a question for author Jim George in 3BB, call now at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812 638 Four two six one, or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live. Just make sure you turn your uh, your audio down there, um, and you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live, or you can post in the comments uh, anything you want to ask about the uh, WRTC Championships or the book, uh, any of that kind of thing. Why give us a call eight one two Net Ham One is the easy way to do that eight one two six three eight four two six one. Well, I know one of your passions, um, in addition to uh, contesting, is getting young people into amateur radio. So how do you see this book uh, helping that out while we're waiting on uh, on people to call here? Hey, I do hope some people do have some questions or just uh, can, ch- can check in, by the way, by telephone. But uh, in the meanwhile, uh, you're right. Getting young people into the hobby and then getting young people into 
contesting is is obviously critically important. I think contesting is a uh, what 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 one would call a critical app to our our hobby. Uh, it's it's one of the things that people really enjoy doing. Certainly not the only thing, and not everybody likes it. Uh, but it's something that uh, does uh, push the state of the art in terms of equipment design. It does result in the uh, breakthrough developments on new receivers. In fact, I guess Gerald Youngblood last week talked about software-defined radios with his company, Flex Radio. And, you know, Flex is, is responding to the demand of contesters. But basically, it's it's critical that we get young people in. And contesting is a is a is a interesting thing it has it has a it's 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 got a, a startup uh it's challenging you know you can't simply just do it with no experience and so and and also people that that start especially if you're young you don't have a lot of money you're maybe working a part-time job or mowing yards or something to get your equipment so realistically you can dabble from your home station you can make plenty of contacts but you're never going to be winning the things so one thing I, I'd recommend people do is they find, first of all, it's critical. You join the local ham radio club. And in a place like Austin here, there are, you know, three or four ham, there are more than, there are big, a number of ham radio clubs. Some are very general, you know, some are pretty staid. Some are into operating, like going to DX locations and faraway places. And some are into contesting and some are into emergency communications. But join an active ham radio club where you can get mentoring. That's crucial. Get get somebody that's experienced to help you learn this game. And then you're going to find that there are people that own stations and they just love to have people come out and operate their stations in a team. Those are called multi-operating, multi-operator events. So find number one, join a club. Number two, join a club that's that's got a an element of interest in radio contesting, radio sporting. And then once you're there, you'll find somebody who owns the station and is looking to train a young person, to mentor a young person, and let you have some on-the-air time in a big station with a good antennas and you know running competitive uh, transmitter power. And you're just going to have so much fun. You, you'll, you'll just find, wow, this is like a video game, but it's even better and there's no video. You All of a sudden voices are coming in or Morse code is coming in from all over the world and dialects and accents and the voices are wobbly and warbly and they're coming over the North Pole and they're distorted by magnetics and foreign accents. And it's just, it's just, plus you learn a lot about geography or learn a lot about other cultures. Uh, so bottom line is find a club, find an active club, get mentored in radio sporting Go to somebody and, and, and join their team as an operator and uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, I've found that ham radio is, is really a truly interdisciplinary uh, activity that, that reinforces everything. Math, chemistry, physics, history, geography, uh, foreign language, you name it, it, it covers it. And so it's a, it's a great tool to use for educating young people. And speaking of young people, uh, we do have a tweet here from Sterling Coffee in Zero SSC who says that I stole his question already, but uh, wants to know how many young people were participating in the uh, WRTC um, that you um, wrote the book about. 
Well, I'm so glad you <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that question because I had neglected to mention that uh, one of the teams, one of the 59 teams, Sterling, uh, was uh, was actually specifically designated to be a youth team. And uh, the youth team actually was very interesting. I'm, I'm actually looking in the book now to find the call letters from the uh, youth team. But uh, and, and for some reason, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, well, I'm under pressure here. I'm not finding it. But I can tell you that the youth team had two people on it. It had uh, Whiskey Quebec to Mexico. And it had uh, an, a wonderful Italian guy. Here it is. It had... Uh, uh, IZ1LBG, Lima Bravo Golf. And their call was K1T, K1 Tango. And they finished number 29 out of 59 teams. And um, they were they were specifically designated as the youth team. And uh, as such, uh, we wanted to, and, and I think I think to be qualified, one, you, you could not be 25 years of age or older. And, uh, they were a wonderful team. Uh, Paul is a graduate student at Seton Hall up in New York in international relations. He'll be wonderful. And, uh, and uh, uh, IZ1LBG, uh, for some reason, I've got a brain, uh, a brain blank on his name, but he's a wonderful guy, very expressive, very outgoing, wonderful, a head of, you know, tussled hair and full of moving his hands around and talking very expressive. And he was, he was over there with traveling with his mom and dad, and they were going on to see the U S. So uh, they were the only team under 25, although there were, there were several teams who were there in their thirties. Uh, but, you know, but a, a, a lot of people were probably over, over the mid forties or over. Okay. Very good. And we do have a uh, call on the line here. So welcome to ham talk live. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Yeah, thank you. This is Dave, uh, K4COG, uh, Jim, uh, K8JPV. I knew him as K8JPV in Princeton, West Virginia. And Jim is the one that got me and my brother involved in uh, ham radio, uh, K8QQS. So, hello, Jim. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's David it's, it's David Jenkins, uh, David Jenkins and his brother David and uh their father was the the minister of one of our churches in Princeton, West Virginia and they happened to live <laughs> literally uh maybe 120 yards from where my parents lived and uh uh a super guy. In fact, David went on to uh work for um a ministry in the Philippines and in Africa as a I'm going to make up your title. You can correct me, David, but it's uh, basically you were the communications guy to, to put a to put yeah. a. Uh, but uh, and I know you live. You and your wife, your family live in North Carolina now, I believe. Uh, we live in Cary, North yes. Carolina. Yeah, uh, I want I want to say one thing. Okay, you were my. I remember my brother is Alan, or he goes by Andy, and we oh, yeah, come Alan, up to your house. Yeah. yeah, so we used to come up to your house. And you had an SX-43 and the DX-20, and we just love to see you operate CW. And you uh, really inspired us. And uh, so, you know, not too, we're not too active right now, but, uh, wow, uh, it's good to uh, Jim, hear that you're 
your writing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to say, I wanted to mention Emory Research. Um, what kind of impact did he have in your life, Jim? Uh, Neil, we are we okay on time for this? Oh, yeah, yeah, we've got about we've got about two or three minutes here. But I was just going to say that uh, we may have to rename the show instead of calling it Ham Talk Live. We may have to call it "This Is Your Life." <laughs> yeah, well, well no, well, yeah, go ahead. Right. You got about two minutes. Okay, well, 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 Dave is correct, and his brother Alan, not not uh, I missed the name, but or or, or Andy, but. Yeah, I had a DX20 and uh, an SX43 and a long wire sort of antenna, mainly on 40 meters. But uh, yeah, and you, and you were KQQS, as you said. And uh, I, I, I will say also, I remember when you were in the Philippines, uh, you were uh, K4COG stroke DU7 or DU something. And we actually had a contact once, I think, on 40 meters uh, uh, and you were running QRP, so that was pretty cool. But uh, you mentioned Emory Reeser. It was a W8 Golf Charlie Zulu, and he was my mentor. And to people that don't know this term, there's a term in ham radio, whoever has a mentor, the word is, and don't ask me where it came from, it's Elmer, E-L-M-E-R. But right. an, Elmer, an Elmer is a term of great admiration and respect. And uh, Mr. Reeser was my Elmer and a very, very uh, prim and proper older man, a wonderful, wonderful guy, and I, I owe him a lot. Yeah, I'll say amen to that. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, Dave. It's really good to hear your voice and in regards to your wife. Okay, good luck on your books. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for calling, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. All right, take care. 7-3. Seven, 7-3. Three. Seven, three. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. We've got a minute here. Uh, Sterling uh, said thanks for the uh, the answer to the question, and now he's disappointed because uh, when WRTC 2018 comes around, um, he's going to be 27. So he said, <laughs> okay. he said he's disappointed uh, about the youth team thing. So so we've got we've got just like 30 seconds. Tell us about the the 2018 coming up. Oh yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, the German, uh, the German, uh, a, a group of German hams uh, put in a bid for 2018. And this, by the way, this event now runs every four years. So you know, with with it up in New England in in, in 14, it's going to be in Germany, and I think it's northern Germany in 2018. Uh, uh, there are there's a handful of people. Uh, coordinating this and i'm got, i'm not going to mention their calls one is michael hoding i uh, can't remember his code is a dl6 a dl1qq sandy raker is part of the fundraising group they're going to have a terrific a terrific uh, event well organized uh it should be just great and uh, i i wish them all the best all right well thank you so much jim for coming on uh, we really appreciate you uh taking the time to um, talk to everybody about this and take the calls and and uh, best of luck on uh, getting that audible finished up we'll be looking forward to it neil thanks so much for the opportunity to be on your show you did a great job and uh, uh i'm a fan now and uh, uh, uh thank you very much oh you're very welcome well that is a wrap for 
this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Jim J.K. George in 3BB, and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in. And I'll invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. And of course, may the good DX be yours. Seven three and good luck from Ham Talk Live.